Hey, what's up, everybody? Guess what time it is? It's time for another podcast, right? It's about damn time. It's been a while. This is episode 11 of the Ketogenic Bodybuilding Podcast, and I know it's episode 11 because I've got notes here that say episode 11, and I've got some questions that I'm going to be covering today that we got exclusively at our new online home, kgbcommunity.com, where we have a new uh, member forum set up where people can join for free and share their thoughts and ideas without fear of them being censored or suppressed, which is very, very important to me because, you know, we've experienced some of that horse shit here recently through some of the larger techno lord social media platforms out there so we had to make sure that a some you know a safe place was developed where we could all you know meet and continue to so, to to share our thoughts and ideas without the fear of censorship and suppression of those thoughts and ideas and words because we never want to live in a community where that happens. So I'm going to do everything in my power to ensure that it does not. And real quick, we've also started uh, an account, uh, a ketogenic bodybuilding group over at the app Telegram, which is actually pretty cool. Go to your app store, whichever platform you're on and download Telegram. And uh, go ahead and join that, it's free. And then under the chats button down at the bottom, search ketogenic bodybuilding and we will pop up. You'll see the familiar KGB skull logo and the name of the group and we are a public group so we should pop up into the search. Go ahead and down at the bottom, click join and you are in. Set up your little account and all that kind of stuff and begin interacting with us. We just set that up literally like yesterday and we've already got over 100 people in there interacting i woke up this morning literally at 3 30 in the morning that's when i get up and there was already people in in the telegram uh group interacting and chit chatting and shooting the shit and being stupid and silly and uh we're having some fun there already so we invite you to join us there okay so all right enough of that I'm not going to get on any kind of a political tangent. I'm going to move right into 2021. And hey, just because the calendar year has clicked over from 2020 to 2021 doesn't mean things are going to miraculously change. We have to be the change. We have to still put in the work. So we have to learn from past lessons, from what we've been exposed to, from what we've learned. And we have to always always stand up and fight to let our voices be heard and our thoughts and ideas, you know, that they are able to be expressed in the manner that we would like them to be expressed without suppression and without censorship. And with that, you know, we'll transition over to the physical. It is a new year and I would be crazy to think that we can completely avoid the idea of New Year's resolutions. It happens every damn year. And yeah, there are some people out there that say, oh, I don't, I don't do resolutions. I don't do any of that stuff. And I, but I think deep down, including myself, we all kind of look forward to just kind of cleaning the slate a little bit, sort of like kind of like a dry erase board, kind of wiping all the shit that's scribbled all over it from the past year and starting with that clean white board, 
or we hopefully can learn from those past mistakes or and learn from past successes and build on that and move into the new year and create something positive. I know I'm doing that, you know, um, in the midst of all the chaos and bullshit going on right now. Um, I'm trying to keep my mind off a lot of it by just really focusing on my training, really focusing on my nutrition. And for me, um, how I stay focused and keep my head in the game and, you know, I've said it before, what also makes me a better coach and a trainer is the fact that I am competing in 2021. Um, and I'm working towards that goal. It was just announced that, uh, uh, I will be uh, doing my very damned best to be competing at uh, nationals, which will be happening in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, on the weekend of July 24th. So that's the goal right now. And what I also need to do is uh, I also need to requalify, turns out. So I'll be looking for a local uh, national qualifier show. Hopefully, I can find one that's about two weeks out from nationals, do that show, get my qualification, and then really hunker down and take my ass up to Pittsburgh and compete at a national level. And, uh, you know, it, you know, it would just be an absolute honor to be able to stand on stage with some of the best uh, amateurs in the country, um, especially at my in my old man age group. So that's my goal. And with that, the goal is to always just to better myself, to be the best, you know, coach and trainer and, you know, compete at the highest level that I possibly can at my age until I am no longer blessed with the ability to do that anymore. And uh, of course, also my, my goal is to be a better husband, to be a better father, to be a better friend and just all the way around. So, and uh, so that's my goal. So I'm working hard towards that right now. I got to tell you, I've, I've, you know, the last, uh, let's see, we're, we're, this is January, like the, I don't know, 18th or 19th or something like that, whatever today is. But um, the last month, maybe a little longer, has been some of the hardest training I've done in many, many years. And it's just kicking my ass. But uh, and some of you, out, some of my clients out there are saying, good. But um, yeah, it's been kicking my ass, which I love. Um, I'm waking up every day, you know, sore. And, you know, it takes me 10 minutes to, you know, move properly when I get out of bed in the morning. And, you know, thank God for hot showers. And, uh, yeah, so um, uh, I'm looking forward to 2021. Um, it, it's it's going to be one of those years where it's going to be like, for me, it's head down, driven, all fucking business. That, that's just the way I'm looking at it. Because, you know, th- there's so many things going on in this world outside of our fitness world, our bodybuilding world that is, you know, stressful and disappointing and crazy and uncertain. So I have to keep my mind off it by, you know, keep my head down, keep grinding and grinding and grinding every day to be the best person I can possibly be. 
And, you know, I look for that repetition. I want to talk about repetition a little bit. You know, repetition is important. And the funny thing is, is when I'm dealing with clients sometimes, especially newer clients, uh, clients that have been with me for a while kind of develop this and they learn this and they learn to appreciate it. But, you know, um, you know, it, repetition is important. If you can develop that repetitive mindset where you 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 find what works and you grind through that repetition every day, you it becomes a source of comfort to you. And I think you'll find that after you do it for a while. I've got these new clients that say, oh, what you're eating is so repetitive. Oh, training, it gets repetitive. Oh, the, the cardio gets so repetitive. I mean, I got to do 40 minutes of you know, steady state cardio again. Or I got to do. Yeah, you do. Because you know what? That's what it takes. And we talked about this in a previous podcast, what it takes to achieve your absolute best genetic potential. And I'm going to reiterate this today because if I had to, to you know, sort of separate you know, one of my biggest takeaways, once again, working with clients, uh, both online and in the gym, if I had to, to like, like separate one topic that I think needs to be driven home one more damn time, it's the fact that people come into this and it's not their fault necessarily at all. In some cases, it's not their fault at all, but they come into this with an unrealistic expectation of what they can accomplish with their own physique goals based on what they've been told by others. And what they've been told by others is, honestly, it's usually just some bullshit sales pitch trying to sell them some product, potion, pill, or powder. And it develops this unreal expectation. And we just look at the world around us. You look on television and in social media. I mean, back in my day, you know, the only time you got to see you know, your, you know, heroes, you know, in the bodybuilding world is when the next damn magazine came out. Nowadays, you just flip through literally thousands and thousands of these Instagram fitness influencers, I guess that's what you call it. And, you know, pretty much anybody can be an internet fitness star now. And, uh, you know, it, it does set an unrealistic ex expectation because so much of this stuff is, you know, not completely accurate. People are being lied to. There's the whole fake weight thing that's going on out there. And there's, you know, fake expectations and people trying to sell you your sell you dreams for X number of dollars a month if you buy this program and do that program. And the reality is, is it's not about necessarily programs. It's about effort it's about work and it's about discipline and the, the thing about it is you know if you've set these goals you're 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 you have an expectation for this year whether it's to you know to to compete i'm going to talk about that too because the cool thing about well i'll, I'll save that but um so whatever your goal is for this upcoming year i think the most important thing to me to for me to project to you is is get used to the idea that it's going to be a lot harder than you think it's going to be. And once you accept that, and then you sort of revel in that fight that you go through on a daily basis, and you realize there really isn't any damn finish line. And it's always about becoming the absolute best version of yourself that you can possibly be. And once you sort of cross over into that world, or you become part of that, you know, less than 5% of the population that it puts in the work, that puts in the, 
you know, the suffering of what it actually takes and, and you're realistic with yourself about what your body can attain, then it becomes so much more valuable to you when you understand the process and you don't walk away confused. So many of the people that I work with, you know, I, I am so blessed. I'm, I am literally sitting at, you know, over 85 online clients that I interact with on a weekly basis. And, you know, it, it sometimes it, you know, rips my heart out when some people come to me and I hear some of the stories of past failures and how they've been lied to and maybe manipulated or, uh, you know, thought to believe something else when the exact opposite may be true. And then, you know, there are times where you know, sometimes I, I feel bad when, when I know I have to explain something to somebody that may sort of deflate them a little bit. You know, it's like, oh, God, you know, I hope you're sitting down, but <laughs> this might take a little longer than you thought it was going to take. But then when I walk through the process and, and make them understand it's not about the goal date. It's about getting down into the trenches and getting down and dirty and fighting through those battles. You know, the battle becomes, you know, the best part of the goal. You know, it's like those soldiers that go to war that, uh, you know, they get so caught up in the battle and the fight that they don't want the war to end because they, they don't know anything else. And I think in this world that I interact in and I live in and I coach in, it's like, the battle's the best part. You know, the fight is you know, the grit. That's what keeps me motivated to always push on. So let's talk a little bit about that deception. And then let's talk, you know, briefly again, and I'll reiterate, you know, what the expectation needs to be. And I don't have any magic answers. You know, the funny thing is, is the answer to what it takes is ridiculously elementary simple. You know, it's train your ass off eat fantastic 90% of the time, get lots of rest and recovery. I mean, that's the formula. So then we need to put that formula in action and you need to understand, you know, you almost need to have a visual in your mind of what that looks like on a daily basis. But we get so inundated with deception. You know, 40, when we come into a new year, you know, and, and, and these are, these are legitimate studies. It's an estimated 45 million people go on a diet coming into January, 45 million people. And it also uh, estimated that 33 plus, and that's a low estimate, 33 billion, not million, billion dollars are spent on uh, weight loss products. You know, the potions, the pills, the powders, the programs. And that's not even, that's not counting exercise equipment and, and other, you know, elements of fitness and exercise and nutrition and gym memberships and things like that. So the 33 billion, if you, if you factored in all the other things that people invest in because they're trying to accomplish this goal of changing their body, it's probably pushing up into that 50 to $60 billion range of what's being invested by Americans every single year. And here's the kicker. See, not only year after year are these billions invested and every year there's more products more potions more pills more powders i mean i'm seeing it every single day on on television all these new exercise gimmicks working out at home now has become a huge thing it had to be because so many people got forced into their home and you know now a lot of people are actually making the change to work from home so they never have to worry about these lockdowns happening again and affecting their income so they're they're sort of coming to terms with working out at home and that's fine 
But now you're seeing companies trying to capitalize on it. Like, uh, you know, what's this? Uh, I saw this ad for this thing called a mirror. This literally some freaking mirror that's hanging on your wall. I don't know. It's maybe, you know, five, six feet tall by two or three feet wide. And it's hanging on your mirror and you got some Joe Schmo or Jane Doe exercise little fitness bunny come on and take you through a workout, which is fine if you go through it and you get the work done. But I'm just having a hard time thinking about average Joe or Jane jumping up and down in their freaking boxers in front of this fucking mirror every day. And that, you know, uh, you know, I don't see that being something that the, the average person is going to stick to. And if they do great, but I'm getting off on a rant here, but we are, we have all of these products and gadgets and potions shoved down our throat. And the goal of the marketing agencies that try to push this shit on you is to make you believe that it's easy and works like magic in just minutes a day. And it'll be no time at all that you look just like the glistening little fitness bunny that you're seeing on the commercial or on the magazine cover or whatever. So first of all, you got to shut that shit down and understand that these little bunnies and these guys, these shirtless, you know, peacocks that you see on TV and on the internet and on Instagram, these guys actually built those physiques through hard ass work you know, brutal diets, you know, hard discipline, you know, 10 months out of the year or more. And then, you know, they're hired by an advertising firm to come in to help push whatever product is being shoved down your throat at the moment to make you believe that it's all very, very attainable and easy. And we can all look like said glistening fitness bunny or shirtless, you know, peacock, you know, Brad. Okay. But that's just not the case. Trust me, I've been in the trenches doing this shit for over two decades and I've been training hard myself for nearly 30 freaking years, okay? And I'm not a guy that you know studied this shit in a lab coat. I'm a guy that's, that's studied this shit face to face, nose to nose with real damn people sweating their asses off on a dirty workout floor with steel and, and iron and hard work and effort and discipline. You know, I, I, I've seen it firsthand in multiple gyms from the, some of the biggest gold gyms in the world to my, my private, you know, personal training gym where I'm still in front of people every single day, hammering it out in the trenches on the workout floor. So don't tell me, I don't know what it takes. And it's always the people that suffer the most and work their asses off that attain the goal. They, they set forth the reality that they have in their head and they make it happen. So of those 45 million people on a diet spending the 33 plus billion dollars on weight loss gadgets and products, two thirds of Americans each year are still overweight or clinically obese, two thirds. And the number is rising every single year, which tells you it's not the product. It's not the pitch. It's the work. It's the grit. It's the blood, sweat, tears, and suffering that bring the results. And most people in our cushy Insta give it to me now society don't want to hear that shit, do they? Well, tough shit. That's what it takes. So get used to that. And lastly, to put a fine point on the whole statistics thing, which happens each year, 
Of those 45 million people on a diet and the countless others that are involved in some sort of a fitness program, 90, an estimated 98% of people fail to get the results that they expected. Meaning if you would have interviewed everyone collectively, excuse me, individually, and said, what is your expectation going into this program? And then they would tell you what that expectation is. You know, they they could literally draw you a picture. 98% of people fail to achieve that picture that they have in their brain of what they expect to accomplish over the course of the coming months. And that's sad, right? And it does have to do with misinformation for sure. But it also has to do with just the culture that we live in of Insta gratification, give it to me now. And to be quite honest, just, just overwhelming laziness. You know, we want to go to work, punch our time clock, collect our paycheck, and we want to go sit home on the couch, watch TV and have some guy in a Prius deliver fast food to our doorstep because it's easy. We don't want to work our asses off. We don't want to get up at five o'clock in the morning and go train. We don't want to go do our cardio at nine o'clock at night. We don't want to eat another damn chicken breast. You know, I've had people complain to me because they're just tired of eating steak. Really? (laughs) You know, cry me a damn river. You have a goal and I'm going to tell you how to put that goal in motion. So don't complain to me because the process isn't the barrel of fun that you thought it was going to be. So, you know, we have to understand that it's not going to be easy. It's not easy and work like magic in minutes a day. We are all unique individuals and we all have unique, you know, a unique ability to set out and go for things and to accomplish things. There was a, um, a, a Facebook post and the ketogenic bodybuilding group. This was weeks ago. I, 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 to be honest, I, I can't remember the guy's name that posted it, but the dude looked fantastic. I'll, I'll remember that. And he posted a picture of himself. You know, he's doing like this, you know, bicep shot and he's, you know, didn't, I don't think he had a shirt on and the guy looked great. He had abs and he was like very well defined, nice symmetry. And he, you know, he'd really accomplished a lot and looked great. And I told him that I said, dude, you look fantastic. And then I noticed on one of the comments of this guy's post, somebody said, man, I wish I could do that, but I just lack discipline. And in one regard that made me sad. And in the other regard, it kind of pissed me off. Well, first of all, it's not really about discipline. You know, discipline is something that you try to literally conjure up every day. You try to draw it up. You don't really lack discipline. You lack dedication. Dedication is something that you truly need to accomplish a goal. You need to be dedicated to the goal. And you have to understand that, you know, hard work and having this grit through consistency of effort helps build that dedication. The dedicated will fight through the worst of times on their way to accomplish a goal, but they will also fail on occasion as well because nobody's perfect. So it's not about, you know, discipline. Discipline is something you try to, to like to, to pull out of yourself every day. But first you have to find dedication toward a goal. 
and then understand that, you know, there's going to be occasional slip ups and there's going to be hiccups and not everything's going to be perfect. And you can't beat the shit out of yourself just because you screwed up and you accidentally had a serving of the mashed potatoes when you should have just had the steak and broccoli. So it's not about, you know, lack of discipline. You got to make sure that you have first set forth dedication towards a particular goal. And then each day fight with everything you have to draw that discipline from deep down within your soul and be brazen and bold and be ready to draw your fucking sword and get out there and fight every single day. You know, we, you have to, you're not like everybody else. I'm not like everybody else. Some of my clients, you know, are not like everybody else. I can look through my list of clients and see the amazing accomplishments that they've done, that the way their bodies have changed dramatically. Now we got muscles popping everywhere. We got abs popping out. We got veins. You see a complete change in demeanor in these people's faces when they are able to hold on to that dedication and draw on that discipline on a very regular basis. These people are unique. Hopefully, if you're listening to this, you are unique. You want to know something? Not everybody's going to make it. That's the harsh reality. You want to know something else and what's, what's, God, I wish this wasn't the case. But if I get five new clients, if I'm being honest, only one out of those five will make it. And that's sad. That's terribly sad. And I hate that. And I want to do everything I can for all five of them to keep them in the fight. But it's just inevitable. Not everybody is wired that way. So sure, we try to change the wiring the best that we possibly can. I try to keep people motivated the best that I can. But you know what? You have to pull that out yourself. And if I can help along the way, then I'm going to be there for you. And I'm going to be, you know, lockstep with you every step of the way. You know, that's what I do. I understand. I've been in this fight for years. But not everybody is wired that way. And that's just the way it is. So I hope if you're listening to this, you're realizing that maybe you are wired that way, or maybe you're having an epiphany and you're ready to fight harder than you've ever fought in your entire life. We're not all equal. I'm sorry. We're not. Equality is a false God. We, it's just the way it is. We definitely always want equality of opportunity. That's the way it should be for everyone. We should all have equal in the, in the opportunity that we have to, to become the best that we can possibly be. But there's no equality of outcomes. You have to be a separatist. You have to be, you know, you've got to be the freak in the room. And I've said this on many occasions. I call my clients the ones that really kick ass and, and accomplish their goals. You're the freak in the room. And they know exactly what that means. Because if they go to a fucking dinner party or a holiday party or a family gathering or a school PTA meeting or an office meeting or wherever they're at, more than likely, if they look around that room, they're the freak in the room. What do I mean by freak? You know what I mean? The people that get up at four o'clock in the morning to go crush it at the gym when everybody else just wants to hug their pillow and sleep. The people that meal prep their food, count their macros, don't skip their tracking. 
They keep pushing towards that goal, that take their picks and do their measurements, ask the questions, put in the work. Do that third set when two absolutely bake them. Be the freak in the room. And when you show up to that room, wherever that room may be, whoever those people are, and you look around and you realize you're the freak, then you get that look on your face and you know it. And that's a special place to be. And you grin to yourself and you're like, yeah, fuck yeah. I'm the freak in the room. You're damn right because I've worked my ass off to be the freak. And people will think you're a freak at first. And why do you do that? And why do you torture yourself? Why do you work out so hard? Why do you eat like that? And it's only a matter of time to where those same naysayers who are trying to bring you down to their level kind of pull you aside and say, so uh, <clears throat> what are you doing to look like that? How did you drop 30 pounds? Or how'd you get your damn legs to look like that? Or your shoulders? You know, so just give it time. Be the freak long enough. And other people want to be the freak with you. So that's where you need to go with this. So understand that we're not equal. And I want to invite you to strap on your damn boots and get into the fight and be one of the freaks in the room. But it takes a special individual and it takes time. All of this I've been telling you is to build up to it, to, to reiterate to you that it takes time. Um, I've had clients come to me and I wanted to talk about competition. One of the things that has occurred throughout the last year, literally, you know, even in, in as bizarre and screwed up, uh, as 2020 was, and even coming into 2021, um, you know, I grew up in the hardcore bodybuilding world and went to competitions all the time. And you know, had friends that competed and helped, you know, coach and prep people that were competing. And I was on that side of it as a trainer and a coach for many, many years. And all of a sudden now, I mean, there was kind of a lull, I think, in the bodybuilding world. There was that whole CrossFit thing. And, you know, that was really popular in the early 2000s. And bodybuilding and kind of, you know, physique competition in general had really tapered off and wasn't as popular anymore. Now I'm all of a sudden seeing a huge surge. Bodybuilding is making a comeback and I'm thrilled about it because I, you know, I follow bodybuilding like, like most people follow football. So, you know, while I get, while everybody else is, you know, you know, rooting for Aaron Rodgers and the Patriots or Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs, I'm watching the Mr. Olympia on a live stream saying, yeah, you know, cheering on my favorite competitors and wanting to see who the up and comers are and how so-and-so brought in the physique this year and who brought up their conditioning and who's coming in better than last year. And, and who's, is somebody going to take the top prize? Is somebody going to be a sleeper, a dark horse and knock somebody off the podium? You know, I love the sport because what you're seeing is the culmination of massive hard work that people have put in for the last year and they're displaying it on stage. And it's just as exciting at the amateur levels. And I'm seeing so many people inquiring to me now. I've never seen a greater influx of people messaging me saying, I'm thinking about competing in 2021. I can't tell you the last time I've had this many people message me and say that. So it's a super, super exciting time. So, but what I was getting at is, you know, people will, you know, the people that haven't really been in the trenches of this world, don't understand the, the bizarre, unique world of bodybuilding and physique competition, 
somebody will come to me that's, you know, carrying some excess body fat that really hasn't trained super hard or, or whatever, or have never really dieted hard or never really, you know, cut down to an extremely low level of body fat. And they'll say to me something to the effect of, hey, you know, it's January and I was thinking about doing a competition and there's a local show in April. And, uh, you know, what do you think? And uh, unfortunately, sometimes I'll say, so, you know, after looking at their pictures or their statistics or their weight or their body fat or whatever, I'll say, okay, so April 2022, that's a great goal. We can do that. And they'll say, no, I meant April 2021. I'm like, oh, ooh, well, you might want to sit down for this, <laughs> you know, so, uh, you know, and then I have to kind of burst their bubble a little bit. And then I have to explain to them as much as I would love to see you on stage in three months, it's, you know, you could do it, but you're not going to be competitive and you're probably not going to be at a level that you're going to be like bucket list proud of. If that makes sense. So, uh, you know, that's when I'll go through a long laundry list of bullet points as to, well, here's why it takes longer. Here's what you're going to have to go through. And people don't think about a lot of the intangibles of competition and all the smoke and mirrors and all the X factors and all the things that come into play. It's not just the training. It's not just the brutal phases of diet that you have to go through and determining refeeds and carb loads. And then, you know, there's also there's posing, which if you've never done that is shockingly one of the hardest things you'll ever do. And there's, you know, calculating things like, you know, uh, you know, timetables with peak week and carb loads and water and sodium. And, you know, there's tanning and, you know, products and, you know, there's so many things go into this. So many things. I mean, it's an unbelievable undertaking just to do one local show. And if you're going to work with me, I want your ass to win the fucking thing. Okay. And if it's, you know, and, and there are, uh, yes, I've had clients that, okay, this is not a person that's going to stand up there and win, but this is a person that we can take up there and be so incredibly motivating to those 2000 people out in that crowd to see where they've come from and where they were. And some of those are the best, the, are the best moments of my career is seeing somebody who's made some unbelievable transformation and took it all the way to the competition stage. Yeah, they may not have placed top three, but just the fact that they're standing up there is something so incredible. It literally will bring tears to my eyes and theirs and everybody else in the freaking audience and their family and their wives or their husbands or whatever. So yeah, I love the idea of competing. It's putting you at a, at a level that so many will never reach or attain or even consider. And I like being in rare air. Don't you? I mean, I want my grandson, who's now two and a half, to, you know, as he gets a little older, say, well, look at what my papa did, you know, and then any other grandchildren I have. And I want my, my clients to respect the effort that I put forth because then they know that I'm going to be putting the same effort into them. And I want to make my wife proud. I want to make my children proud. You know, it's a, it's a big deal to put yourself through that and stand up there under the hot lights and the bright lights and show the culmination of all your hard work and dedication and say, I did it. It's, it's a unique moment. It really is not to get too sappy here, but 
you know, it really is a unique, unique moment. But uh, the, the, the pathway to that, to having that body that you see in your head, that you could potentially see on the competition stage, it's so much harder to attain than many think. And it's going to take more work than you thought. And, you know, when you think you went through the hardest leg day of your life this week, guess what? We can probably take it a lot harder. And you'll probably discover in the coming weeks and months that, yeah, you are able to go harder. You are able to draw more out of your body, out of your brain, out of your mind, because there's no limit to what the human body can achieve. So, you know, you have to come into this understanding that it will be quite possibly the hardest thing that you've ever done. Does that make sense? <laughs> I hope so. I kind of, I kind of got lost on a little tangent there. So I, so I got way off in the weeds on that. But as you can see, I'm very passionate about this. And so the next person that if you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, Hey, I want to get to that level. I want you to be informed before you take the first step before you dip one toe in the water of this process, I want you to know, holy shit, this is going to be the hardest thing I've ever done, but it will quite possibly be the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And you've got to realize that it's the hard work and the suffering and the abuse that makes way to the victory and the conquest. Rough waters make strong timber. The constant beating of hard waves on a boat's, you know, you know, shell makes that wood stronger. You know, I got two types of clients. Honestly, I got two types can easily, easily be categorized down to two. I have box checkers and I have ass kickers. Box checkers are the people that, okay, here's the workout. I did that check. I did that one, check. Okay, chest press, check. Flies, check. Tricep dips, check. Tricep press downs, check. Ab crunches, check. Okay, now it's off to get the dry cleaning, pick up the kids from school, or it's time to go to the office or do whatever. And then you got the people like me, like I'm, I'm thinking off the top of my head, 10 of my clients right now, who are the ass kickers who get nervous before every workout, who literally wake up in the morning with butterflies in their stomach because they know that from that moment until they get into the gym, they're mentally preparing for battle. They're mentally preparing through their meticulous nutrition, maybe through, through pre-workout rituals. And then when they get out there, it is balls out 110% total suffering to the death, fight to the death, battle to achieve your goals. Ass kickers. So ask yourself a question. Am I an ass kicker or am I a box checker? I want to build my team with ass kickers. I don't need any more box checkers. So which one are you? That's one that's probably going to come back to haunt me. <laughs> okay. So anyway, th there is my rant. Uh, there is my pitch. As we go into 2021, whether you're a current client of mine, if you're looking to become a client, 
or if you work with a local trainer in your community, or you're one of those that has no issue grinding it hard on your own, congratulations. I just wanted you to know that the terrain that you have to walk and the mountain that you have to climb to get to your destination, it's going to be a rough ass journey. But when you finally reach the summit and the glory comes in that moment, everything was well worth it. When you cross the finish line, all the suffering of the journey toward it immediately evaporates into the wind. So yeah, ass kicker, box checker. Mm, I think you might be an ass kicker. You think? I think so. All right. All right. We, I've been ranting about crazy shit now for 40 minutes. Let's cover a few questions. And I'm going to be honest with you. I forgot my stupid laptop. So, and I'm kind of blind. <laughs> so uh, I'm literally, you know, I put my notes onto my phone. So I have to kind of read through these uh, questions uh, that I put on my notes uh, from my phone. So bear with me if I'm a little slow here because I can't see a freaking thing. Um, the first question I have here is a long one. So I'm going to kind of sift through it um, because I know that in this dissertation that Jonathan Parker gave me here, um, I know there's some good points in here. So um, there was one in particular, but uh, Jonathan asks, um, he actually says, before I even ask, I know it's hard ass work, nutrition, recovery. See, Jonathan's been paying attention. He already knows. So he, he knows already that it takes hard ass work, nutrition and recovery. And uh, I'm all in on. Uh, and, and he says, I fucking love every living moment of this transformation of myself. But it'd be good to hear your thoughts on specific uh, he's got some typo issues here. Isolation exercises, cardio routines, or if there are anything you have seen and or experienced in your years of coaching that could possibly help me out with burning the stubborn, typical beer belly and uh, back fat I have accumulated from years of treating myself like shit. I like the way Jonathan talks. He's a straight shooter. He says, I've already lost a heap of body fat um, from July 2020 to now uh, before joining your program. And now since I've been under your guidance with my macros, everything has changed for the better dramatically, which it has. Jonathan is an ass kicker. He's definitely getting leaner and harder by the day, which is good. He should because he trusts the process. Uh, but a good portion of the belly and back uh, remains. I understand this is typical on males to store excess fat in this area just to be good to hear your expertise on the topic. You know, long question, simple, simple answer. And I'm going to be real honest with you. Really, now it does get a little deeper than this from a physiological level. So it's not exactly like this. So all you, you know, science study assholes out there, keep it to yourself. But, you know, body fat generally comes off equally head to toe. Okay. So wherever you have the least amount of body fat is where you're going to get leaner first. You'll often see people, you'll start to notice uh, a, a massive body fat reduction, even in their face or areas of their arms or things like that, or in their upper chest, where we tend to carry a little less body fat, especially on men. 
as Jonathan states, but men tend you know, tend to hold it in the, the belly area and the, you know, the, the love handle or lower back area. I myself, uh, even when I'm competing and I take myself down to extremely low levels of body fat, the very last place that I'm lean is in my lower back and to some, to some degree, my glutes. So wherever you're carrying the most will be the last place that you are lean. So that's just something you're going to have to deal with. And the other thing is, is that everyone is carrying far more body fat than they think they are. And even when you get to that point where, wow, you know, I went from a 36 pant down to a 32 and, you know, I'm looking pretty good at the pool and I've got a little bit of abdominal definition to get down to that shredded, vascular, striated, elite competition stand on stage level. You have to go so deep into the into the cave to get there. Here's what I will tell you on that. And this is from experience, not only with myself, but for working with others. You have to reach that place of extreme leanness one time in your life. And once you do, getting there again is easier than it was the first time. That first time getting to that extremely low, like, like for men, low single digits, like under 10%, like six, seven, 8% level, that takes a Herculean effort to get to that point. But if you get there once, and let's say you, 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 know, you get back up to 12, 13, 14, 15%. Getting back down to that elite level again will be easier the next time around because your body's been there. It understands. It gets it. Uh, so A, if you've got, you know, if you carry more body fat on your belly and lower back, that's just going to be the last place you're lean. And that's the same case for all of us. You know, a lot of my female people that I work with and the ones that compete, they often tend to carry it in their legs. And the last place that I can get them lean is generally in the quadriceps and in, in the, in the glutes and the upper hamstrings. That's just where they carry the most body fat. Men, as Jonathan said, is going to be in the abdomen and the, the lower back area. So unfortunately you just keep hammering and trust the process. And this kind of goes back to what I talked about up to this point where I said, it's harder than you think it is. It's going to take longer than you thought. Unfortunately it just does, but you will get there if you keep hammering and trust the process. So remember back on the episode, what it takes, where I talked about what it takes to get there. What did I say? I tell pretty much everybody just as a canned response, when they say, how long is this going to take me? I always say a minimum of a year. And that's for the leanest among you. And that's not to say that you couldn't be ready to get on stage in three months, four months. You know, I get some people that come to me that are already very, very lean and are very, very muscular. But I say that to make a point that there are so much that goes into, be, you know, developing the greatest physique of your life that you want to give yourself plenty of time. Now, if we can get you there in under a year, great. But if you walk into anything with the mindset, this journey is going to take me a year, then you understand that this is a long process that you need to embark on and you need to be prepared for that journey lasting longer than you thought it was originally going to take. And then you won't be disappointed. Make sense? Very good. Okay, next question from Chris. Chris wants to know, do you measure your ketones? Do you measure your body fat or just let the mirror tell you whether or not you need to cut a few more pounds? Good question. I do not measure my ketones anymore. Okay. Um, it's fine if you do, but here's the thing. 
And regarding to ketones, ketones are not some magic thing that makes fat evaporate off of your body. Ketosis is a metabolic state, and ketones are wonderful, especially for mental acuity, producing energy in the body, etc., etc. But here's the thing about ketosis. I don't give a shit if you're a 3.2 on the blood meter or if you're a 0.9. If you're in, you're in. If you're producing ketones, you're producing ketones. You're in the right place. If, you know, it, and, and typically, for most, if we get you at 30 grams of carbohydrate or less, you're going to get into some level of ketosis. And that's fine. I don't check anymore because there was a period of time where I did check and there would be times where I was low on the meter and there would be times I was a little higher, which is typically always in the morning. Uh, there'd be times where I'd be out altogether and that was fine. I often talk about, you know, I would sort of go in and out of, you know, metabolic ketosis, uh, you know, just depending on how the day went. But that's fine because I have developed metabolic flexibility, which to me is far more important than always just being in random ketosis. So, no, I don't check ketones anymore, but I certainly wouldn't fault you if you did. But what I would say is, is don't obsess over the numbers. Do not obsess over those numbers. If you're in, you're in great. And there will be times where you will bump out. And yes, there will even be times where massive excess protein will bump you out of ketosis. But it often regulates quickly and you come back in quickly. It's carbohydrates that still you know, cause the problems when it, when it comes to ketosis. So no, I don't measure anymore, but I know my body now. I've been doing this for so long. Uh, but I certainly wouldn't fault you for doing it. But once again, don't obsess over that number. If you're in, you're in. If you're not, you'll soon be back in if you trust the process and keep those carbs low for the greater part of your day. Um, in terms of body fat, no, I do not check my body fat. Um, and once again, it's fine if you do. But I have noticed there's just so many inconsistencies with body fat tests, uh, even DEXA scans, you know, uh, they're fairly accurate, um, but they're not perfect. And I am a bodybuilder and I am a bodybuilding prep coach in addition to being just a regular trainer and coach. And I know what lean looks like. Okay. It doesn't take a rocket scientist for me to look at you and say, hmm, you have an eight pack, you have muscle striations, you're vascular. Uh, I'm seeing separation in your quads. I'm seeing separation in the hamstrings. Hell, I'm even seeing some glute striations. And then because of my experience, I know, okay, you're sub 10. You're probably in the eight range. And, you know, I, I've got a, a friend that I need to get on the show that I've been threatening to get on the show. My buddy, Melvin, that you've, if you listen, if, if you were able to get through episode one, <laughs> and I apologize in advance for that episode. Uh, you hear me talk about my buddy Melvin that got me into this journey. You know, he's been doing this for 30 plus years. And when I'm competing, he's my second set of eyes. So he will come in and look at me. And I remember when we were real close to competition, you know, we were just a few weeks out. He looked at me one day and said, man, you're, you're probably somewhere in the 7% range. Okay. But it didn't matter what the number was. What mattered was is he looked at me, I looked at myself, we took pictures, we looked in the mirror, and we tried to judge what the judges would be impressed with. Do I feel like I'm lean enough, based on my experience, to present a package that will impress the judges to help me place well in my competition? 
So no, I, so I, I, no, I don't, I don't check body fat either. I don't have a problem with if you do, but ask any of my clients. I don't care much about scale weight and I don't care much about body fat percentage, but to me, pictures tell the whole story. So that's where I would go with that. So, all right. Next question from Jennifer, uh, volume training versus high intensity. How many sets per muscle group is required preferred for hypertrophy with uh, volume training? Should weights be heavier or lighter? Does it even matter if you're going to failure pyramiding weights, drop sets, good, bad, blah, blah, blah. Okay. I, in case you just crawled out of a cave, um, I am a high intensity guy. I, you will never convince me ever. There's no way you can convince me that not going to failure and lifting lighter weights for longer duration is going to be more beneficial than going to failure and increasing the intensity of effort in a shorter period of time. There's just, you're never going to convince me of that. I've seen too many instances with people that I've worked with, too many instances in myself, and too much data that will never convince me otherwise. Now, that's not to say, you know, you have to understand there, there's, there's a fine line between all of this. You know, for instance, when I say, yeah, I did a hundred rep rest pause set on the tricep press down, then people might say, oh, he's doing high volume. No, first of all, here's the deal. We may do a, a chest and tricep workout and that workout we can complete in under an hour. It's going all out and we don't have to do 10 exercises and five exercises, you know, uh, or five sets per exercise in order to, you know, accomplish stimulating growth. That's just not the way it works. So we may do, you know, two or three exercises for chest and two or three exercises for triceps but they are calculated moves with the exercises that we choose. And then we will often throw in a, a higher intensity rest pause set to have more time under tension for the working muscle. But here's the thing, we're always suffering. We're always going to failure. When I do a rest pause set, here's the deal. Let's, let's take the aforementioned tricep press down, cable press down. So let's say we're doing a rest pause set. What that means to me is this. I'm going to choose a weight that has me reaching near failure at about 15 to 20 reps. So once I've you know, concluded what that weight is, then I'm going to do my rest pause set. So now I'm going after it and I'm going to go until I fail. Let's say it is at 18 reps. I'm just shot. I can't do another one with good form. So I'll drop the weight. I'll take 10 breaths and then I'll go after it again. And I pick up where I left off. So now it's 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, uh, 24, 25, 26, 27. I'm dead. Drop the weight. Take 10 breaths. Pick up where I left off, left off again. So every time that I'm doing my little block within that 100 rep rest pause set, I'm taking each damn little block to absolute failure. It's excruciating. It is painful as hell. It's, you know... When's the last time you thought you might puke doing fucking arms? Okay. That's to the level that we often take this. So with everything that I do intensity and working towards some level of muscular failure is always in the cards. It's always happening. 
you know, there are very few times that I'm doing lightweight little, you know, peacock pump up workouts. You know, at the end of the day, I don't give a shit about your pump. Yeah, it looks great in the mirror, especially if you're taking pics for your Instagram account. But, you know, pump has nothing to do with growth. And it really doesn't, you know. So, yeah, where my high intensity, heavy to failure workouts create a fantastic pump. That's not, to me, the, the gauge or the barometer of a successful workout. You know, I want to push my muscles to the point of momentary concentric muscular failure and then even incorporate some high intensity techniques to go beyond that. So I know the maximum amount of muscle fiber has been stimulated and then I leave them the hell alone, feed them and let them grow. Okay. So that's the way I train and you would be hard pressed to ever convince me to do it otherwise. All right, cool. Next question, creatine, do you recommend supplementing? If so, what are the major benefits on how many grams per day, minimum max? Um, HCL versus monohydrate, do you prefer one over the other? I have switched over to creatine HCL. I do like it, you don't have to do a loading phase. And uh, I use two scoops a day. I do a scoop in the morning and then I do a scoop uh, post-workout. I've been taking creatine for years upon years upon years since the early 90s. It is the most researched supplement of all time. Uh, it works. Is it a miracle? No. But uh, I do always notice a benefit from it. And the other things with creatine is, is you have to make sure that you're very, very well hydrated. Because it does, you know, the, the shuttle uh, water is a shuttle that helps bring the creatine within the muscle to give you that more volumizing effect and uh, is definitely critical part of the process. So, yeah, creatine works. Creatine is great. I take it. Uh, I have no problem with anyone else taking it, male, female or otherwise. So jump into some uh, some quality creatine and have at it. So cool. Cool. All right. Juan wants to know a discussion on net carbs versus total carbs for tracking. Um, I do net carbs on vegetables. That's my reply. And I'm kind of making a point with that. Um, anything else, I don't do net carbs. And for most people, unless you're on a refeed or you're you know, bringing some carbs in around your workout, TKD, you shouldn't be eating those starchy carbs anyway, typically. So I'm fine with counting net carbs on fibrous carbs, your green leafy vegetables, et cetera, your cruciferous vegetables. Those are fibrous vegetables and you can subtract the fiber and you're fine with counting net carbs on those. All other carbs, I go whole carb, uh, total carb. Cool. Uh, two questions. Would it be worth it? Jordan wants to know. Two questions. Would it be worth it to supplement with EAAs? And also, what are some of the ways to ensure positive nitrogen balance? Okay, um, EAAs are fine. I think they're a nice insurance policy. I think EAAs are great pre-intra workout. If you if you mix up any kind of a pre or intra workout powder, I think EAAs are great to throw in there. And uh, you can also use EAAs, like if you have a gallon of water that you're sipping on throughout the day, you know, add a couple scoops to that as you're sipping it throughout the day. It flavors the water a little bit, and you're getting the benefit of getting some essential amino acids into the body. Um, positive nitrogen balance, I believe that frequency of eating is going to be your best way to achieve and maintain positive nitrogen balance. This is why I'm not an intermittent faster. This is why I don't do one meal a day. 
Um, if you've read my rules of engagement document or, you know, listen to me on a couple of these podcasts, you'll know that I, you know, this is a hybrid approach. I take a ketogenic style nutrition protocol and I combine that with tried and true traditional bodybuilding programming. And one of the things that I believe in wholeheartedly with traditional bodybuilding programming, i.e. trying to put on the most or preserve the most muscle humanly possible in order to maintain or develop the most extreme physique possible, I believe that you should be consuming food every two to four hours. And that's what I do. And I think if you want to achieve a positive nitrogen balance, the regular consumption of protein space throughout the day is going to be your easiest path to maintaining positive nitrogen balance. So that would be my answer on that. So for instance, and people have asked me this and I give this canned response all the time. So I'm up at 3.30 in the morning. Yes, I, it's true. I'm up at 3.30 in the morning because my first client is at 5 a.m. So I'm up at 3.30. Uh, I get ready. I have to drive to the gym. I have to open the gym at about roughly 4.30, get the coffee on, get everything ready for my client who's going to be walking through the door close to 5 a.m. And I usually start the day with some coffee, um, sometimes with some MCT, sometimes just with a splash of heavy cream. Not much, just a tiny amount. And then usually around 5.30 or 6 a.m., I'm having 50 grams of whey protein isolate with one tablespoon of C8 MCT oil. And then after I consume that, pretty much the clock is ticking. So every two to four hours, I'm going to consume food, which is typically meat and eggs. And sometimes I'll throw in the occasional, you know, green leafy vegetable and some healthy oils with that. So I'm eating, you know, six times a day, typically minimum. So that's, that's just the way I do it. That's the way I've always done it. And the proof is in the pudding kind of a thing. You know, this is, you know, this is me and this is others that I've talked to. Um, it is anecdotal, but I don't give a shit because I think anecdote is the mother of science. It's the mother of study. And when I am consuming food frequently throughout the day, it is night and day on my physique, night and day. You can ask my wife. She, she knows when I'm eating frequently. When I am eating frequently throughout the day, I maintain more fullness in my physique. You know, uh, it, I get a pump brushing my teeth in the morning. Um, if I were to intermittent fast and only eat once or twice a day, which I've done that in the past when I wasn't competing, and that's fine. If that's your thing, dig it. I have no issue with that at all. It's fine. But when I do that route and try to train hard and... And if my goal is to compete or build my, you know, the most impressive physique that I can, it's night and day and the fullness and the hardness of my muscularity as a whole, if I'm not eating frequently throughout the day. And that's, that's just what works best for me. And that's just what, you know, that, that, that is the, that is one of the biggest I don't want to say this. If you look at the traditional, typical keto community, as we know, you know, here at ketogenic bodybuilding, you all know out there that we're a little different. You know, we, we believe in high protein, moderate fat, low carb. We think that carbohydrate refeeds can be extremely beneficial. Um, I believe that putting some carbohydrate, well-timed carbohydrate around hard workouts can be beneficial. 
Uh, and I believe that eating frequently throughout the day is extremely beneficial for what we do. Now, you go into some of these, you know, traditional air quote keto groups where they're having 75% of their macronutrients come from fat and only like 20% from protein and 5% from carbs or whatever they do. They would lose their fucking mind if I told them that I eat six, seven times a day. They would lose their damn mind if I told them I eat, you know, 600 grams of carbohydrate on Sunday. They'd lose their mind if I told them I sucked down 30 grams of complex carbs, you know, 15 minutes before a workout. They would lose their, their collective shit if I told them I'd do that. I don't care because I know what works. And this is ketogenic bodybuilding not ketogenic weight loss, not, you know, whatever. We, we are not those people. We're different. We're the freaks. We're the island of misfit toys. We're different from you. Get out of our airspace or join us and test the waters. You might like it. But I'm not going to apologize for recommending what I truly feel has been timed and tested over and over again both not only myself, but others. And uh, this is what I do, you know? And I came out many years ago and said, hey, I do a hybrid approach, combining hardcore bodybuilding with a ketogenic slash primal ancestral health nutrition program. And I thought like nine people would be into that. You know, I thought that would be so freaking esoteric and so so niche and so weird that, you know, we, when I started the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group, I literally thought 30 people would be in it and it would just be a way to share ideas and Hey, how's your workout going and have this little tight knit group. I never expected it to explode into 10,000 people. And I never ex expected a podcast talking about ketogenic bodybuilding, having, you know, 12,000 downloads in the first 10 episodes and three times that amount of streams. Never in a million years would I ever expect that. And not only did I not expect that, but I didn't expect hundreds of people to contact me and say, this shit works. This shit is amazing. I am getting results. I am building muscle, leaning out and look as good or better than I ever have following this approach. And that just makes me happy as hell. You know, that's just, I, you know, what could be better than that? So yeah, man, I got off on a rant again, didn't I? I'm telling you, I do this. I do this. So I apologize. Um, let's take one more question because I'm over an hour and I want to wrap this shit up. Um, Laura wants to know, says, uh, she says, no burning questions. Just wanted to drop in and say, I finally had enough drive time to listen to number 10. And thanks for answering my big old booty and glute ham tie in question. I had no idea the tie, uh, was a nutrition thing. Look forward to 11. Well, Laura, here's 11. And I want to thank you for answering the questions. And I want to, uh, you know, I'm happy I was able to address that on episode 10 and I wanted to throw that question out there to say, keep your questions coming because it's turned out to be one of the most fun elements of this podcast. And I know it helps a lot of people. 
And uh, at least I hope it does. I've got some good feedback from it. So um, more questions, the better. I've got a question thread. Uh, it's actually, a, I'm, I'm new to this Telegram thing. It's a pin up at the top of the Telegram group where you can uh, uh, reply to that and ask your questions. And I'll also be throwing up the official episode 12 Q&A thread on the KGB community forum. I'll be doing that tonight so you can get in there and ask your questions. So, all right. So there's a bunch of questions, hopefully answered uh, in a way that is helpful to you guys out there. Um, Hey, I think episode 11 is in the books. I've went on some long winded rant about being an ass kicker, not a box checker. And I hopefully have given you some insight or at least, you know, a reminder of though this could be what you want to do for 2021 may be the most difficult thing you've ever done. And it may be during one of the most challenging times in our history. But the thing is, is you can do it. I'm doing it. Dozens and dozens of other clients are doing it. Hundreds of people in the community are doing it. You are not alone. You are part of a cool little group of people that are gutting it out every single day along with you. So get out and let your voice be heard. Interact with all of us. Let us know what you need because we are here for you. Yes, you may have heard I do online coaching. And um, let me just say, I am so blessed at the amount of new uh, coaching clients that I've received I've had an overwhelming uh, number of new clients come in. So uh, it, it is taking me a little longer to get everybody's account set up than normal. Please bear with me because um, of the overwhelming response. And um, so I, I just want to thank you for that. And, uh, you know, go to robgoodwin.com. That, that's my website. And uh, there are coaching plans available there. I do full coaching and I do nutrition only. And then I have this uh, cool little thing for only seven bucks a month to where you can literally just see the workouts that I personally do. It's called In the Trenches. Um, Or if you just wanna reach out and say hello and let me know what you need. If you have any questions about how I may be able to help you on your journey, please reach out and do that. you know, you can contact me right through the website. You can contact me in the ketogenic bodybuilding Facebook group. You can contact me in the KGB community forums. And now you can contact me on the ketogenic bodybuilding telegram group. I'm also on Instagram <laughs> at, uh, at the real Rob Goodwin. So uh, give me a follow there and I'd appreciate it. Um, but that's all for today, guys. And uh Next week on episode 12, like I said, we are going to answer some more of your questions, but I got a couple guys coming in to join me on the next podcast. Uh, And I'm really looking forward to that. So there's your teaser for episode 12. And I hope you've enjoyed this one. I really didn't have a hard set defined topic today. I just wanted to come in and let you know that you are a badass. You have all the potential to be a badass. You can be anything you want to be, but just be prepared to put in the work and understand that there are others out there supporting you and are available to help you on this journey. So till next time, people go train your asses off, eat a big freaking steak and have a fantastic night and welcome to 2021. I know it's going to be a wild ride and I thank you for your support. Peace guys.